This is the Podcast Inc. production. Booyah! This is the moment podcasting fans listening around the world have been waiting for. Coming to you not so live from a listening device of your choice. It's time! Podcasting out of this corner, a mixed martial talker, holding no professional record. He stands at six feet one and one half inches tall, weighing in at whatever he feels like, hailing out of Toronto, Ontario, Canada, presenting the sometimes angry, always funny, Self-proclaimed podcasting champion of the world, Steve Fingerstyles! So, welcome to another rendition of the podcast. I am here once again, always again, and brought to you by Black Belt CBD. If you're into CBD products or you want to try CBD products for the very first time, please visit blackbeltcbdproducts.com. Use promo code THEPODCAST25. You'll get 25% off. They ship within North America. This is more geared towards your athlete, but your everyday blue-collar worker or anyone who has aches and pains works on you as well. It's more rub-ons and ointments and that sort of shit. So, And it's less than 1% THC, so you don't have to worry. You will not get high. So use it as much as you want, and it does take away the pains. I use it regularly, and it works. If you're into nerd culture or you like collectibles, signed memorabilia, or sports figures, anything of that sort, please visit firstrow.ca. Use promo code THEPODCAST20. They also ship within North America. But to all you American listeners, it's a little bit cheaper to you because everything you see on that website is in Canadian funds. So after you do the, what's it called? The tran- I was going to say the translation. The currency rate, after you do the, whatever, after you do the currency exchange, you Americans get it a a little bit cheaper. So, and the best thing about it is they update daily. So they got everything new every day. They got hockey cards, signed wrestling figures, literally anything you need or want. Comic book nerds, they got stuff for you there too. They got literally everyone covered. And if you want to support me directly, please visit my merchandise store at tpublic.com. Or if you scroll down on your device that you're listening to today, it's embedded right there in today's description. Click on the link, takes you right to the merchandise store. I got everything you need or want, literally. I got mugs, I got t-shirts, I got hoodies, I got COVID masks, I got pillowcases, I got, like I said, everything you need or want is right there. But if you don't want to support me monetarily, it's totally understandable during these hard times. The easiest and most free thing you could do, takes you two seconds, literally, is to rate, subscribe, review on all major platforms, but most specifically, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. So, this week, I have returning guest, whom is a two-time Juno nominee. You can catch him each and every week on hashtag on Vibe 105. Rapper, producer, renaissance man, and 2018 DP award winner, Solitaire. Hey! I won, a, I won an award? Remember, you won the 2018, uh, what was it? It was the Entertainer of the Year Award or something, because you were my guest in 2018. We did the voting. Oh, yeah! 
Yeah, that's right. That's right. Champion status. Goddamn right, I won. <laughs> so what's going on, my friend? What what's what's up with you during the COVID era, as they say? Oh my gosh. Well, um, wow, a, a whole lot since 2018, as you can imagine. Right. You know, uh, um. The studio's going well, you know, I'm still working with a ton of artists at my studio for Sound Media. <clears throat> Shouts out to my team, William De Niro, Mailman, Cortez. Um, we've been plugging away like dozens, if not hundreds of artists coming through um, at the studio. So that's been going great. Right. Um, I've been working on some some. Some music, obviously, you know, the radio show is, is 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 really starting to not starting to, but just it's just been growing. Everything's you know everything's moving in a positive direction. You already right. know it's it's um it's been good. And then and then and then twenty twenty came, <laughs> and uh, you know it said, oh, as they say, as uh, as um as people say, you make plans and God laughs. Right. So God is having the last laugh with all of us. In 2020, but you know, we're making the best of it, all things considered. So, have you had to be quarantined? Like when this all first went down, how did you guys continue doing your show, or are you still continuing doing it from home? How did all that go about? We, yeah, the the show, the show, um, it was actually around March break. Okay, it was actually because we you know we have a studio, but we also have a music school for Sal Music, okay. and. Um, that was going well. We had a, you know, we were giving our teachers raises. We were, uh, we were approaching a hundred students. And, um, then with the, you know, with the growing concern over the pandemic, you know, um, that was when schools, I think at the, at that first, it was right before March break, if you remember. And then they basically were like, okay, we're going to extend March break to two weeks yes that's right you know and they're like okay so we're and then everybody was kind of still you know a little bit nervous but you know laughing about it and say okay cool and then everything was like got shut down indefinitely um so that also went the for the radio show Mm. so we ended up taking off a few weeks they were just playing best of clips and then after about yeah, yeah. So they, they, you know, our program director was just editing together because, again, we were everybody was kind of figuring, okay, two weeks, three weeks, okay, maybe a month. Right. So he was able to kind of go by because we've been doing it for we're going into our fourth, fourth, fifth year. So we had nice. obviously a ton of stuff to pick from, but then right. it's like, okay, well, now we need to create current content so he had reached out to us and at that point we were recording the podcast version but it was not intended for radio oh okay so so we just started actually recording in the radio format so we would have the podcast but then we started recording the segments for radio and we were doing it we were actually meeting up at my uh my boy reddy fox's crib because he's got a podcast set up with three mics there nice and then uh that's when the quarantine thing came and they're like, listen, don't go anywhere. Don't associate with anybody outside of your family. So it was like me and my girlfriend, we were, you know, quarantining together. We didn't go anywhere. And then we started recording remotely Mm -hmm. and we've been doing that ever since. And then um, what else has been going on? I I, I think we might've spoken about 
the work that I do with this organization called the FU, the Forgiveness Project, mm. where we uh, we have a jail program where we go and we talk to we we run programs for for it, uh, for for young men in custody, and um, all programs at. Uh, provincial federal and municipal institutions got shut down so all volunteer programs were 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 stopped so we had to transition to you know doing our work as best we can through either correspondence through mail mm. or doing online uh, zoom meetings and that sort of stuff so right. it's like you know lots there's just you know you're forced to adapt and those yeah. who were you know you know, had to change their business models. As you already know, there's like a lot of businesses had to, had to, you know, close down permanently, some temporarily. So it's, you know, it's been a shit show. Like what, what, there's not really any other way to put it, but I, I have to say that, you know, all things considered, it still could be a lot worse. We're doing the best what we can. And I feel like most people are doing their best to be, you know, be good, citizens and neighbors and humans so you know we're, we're it's things could be worse but damn sure they could be better <laughs> no kidding so how do you find it doing everything from home do you think it's easier for you since you don't have to travel or do you want that sort of in-studio chemistry instead of just being like the the telephone thing so to speak for the radio show nothing beats live radio nothing beats live just like this it's kind of the same thing as performing so gotcha. it's it's um I miss the aspect of doing live radio, but mm. as far as working from home, that's something I've been doing for, you know, a number of years. Gotcha. You know what I mean? So like whether I have my studio set up at home, so if I can't actually go to my studio, I would, you know, I was working from home or, you know, writing from home, doing production from home. So that this lifestyle of quarantine I'm accustomed to, <laughs> you know, it hasn't, right. it, it hasn't really, it hasn't really impacted me from that perspective right. mentally because I'm, I've kind of been used to that, but what it has impacted is, you know, interacting with people, mm. you know what I mean? Like right. socializing, yes. you know, going out, meeting up with friends. You know, I have friends who are, who are germaphobes. I have friends who have compromised immune systems. Mm. I have friends who have underlying health conditions. And if they don't have it, they have family members who do. So the whole idea of like, you know, keeping your social bubble or your social circle very small uh, in the early stages, I wasn't even going to visit my parents because, you know, they're older and, you know, some, Nothing, not no significantly serious health concerns, but enough for them, for us to be like extra cautious. And um, yeah, so it hasn't really affected me personally in terms of what I've been doing. Because even when we had to shut down the music school and we had to close down the studio during that month, that was to external people, uh, to clients and whatnot, to families right. and students but I could still go to the studio by myself and do work. So mm-hmm. I had that escape to be able to say, oh, okay, I'm going to go and, you know, go to the studio and work on my own. So I was able to travel. And I, let me just say that driving. Yes. During that time. <laughs> the best. Was the best. 
There was no traffic. There was yes. no delays at any time of the day. Right. I was like, no, at that point, you know, only in relation to traffic. I don't want to seem like I'm an insensitive prick here. But of course. I was like, yo, this can go on. This, I'm, I'm okay with this. We can, I can, I can deal with this for a, for a while. So that part was, you know, looking at shit on the bright side. Right. That was kind of. Yeah, no kidding. And I, I totally get what you're saying because at the beginning, it's the point was all we knew was that it affected the young and the old. We didn't know to what effect. We didn't know until they started saying, okay, now it's underlying conditions. And if at least if you keep your distance, everything should be okay. But at first, we didn't know any of that. So I was the same way. I have a little baby nephew that I literally just got born. And it's like, fuck, I couldn't wow. see him for like three or four months. Like we did FaceTime wow, and stuff. Yeah. But it's not the yeah. same, right? Not the same, not the so same, especially I, for kids. I totally get it, but you do have to look at the positives. Like a, a, another negative, though, is still to this day, the grocery stores and shopping. Like how hard is it to try and get anything with the lineups all around? Like even if you want to go to the LCBO here in Ontario, it's like it's hit and miss. Or, or if you need to go to the bank, like all these sort of stuff. And the, Oh, my God. Hold on a second. Wait a second. You still go to banks? No, no. Okay. Who goes to the bank? Okay, see, perfect. <laughs> I, I, I see lineups at the bank, but I'm like, yo, what? <laughs> Who's lighting up to go to the bank right now? I have not seen the inside of a bank. I want to say that at least the like at least at least a year, at least a year. Well, I'm glad grocery you. Stores, are you still encountering lineups at grocery stores? I haven't I, that kind of light like that, those kind of lineups I haven't encountered in a while. Well, no, I, I'm glad you called me out. No, I was saying it's more geared toward. It's the funny thing is, is that all these lineups are or are for the older generation, and I was gonna say that. I order my groceries now from home and I just show up, they pack it in my trunk and I leave. Like I have, we have, we go to like, I think No Frills does it in Toronto and Great Canadian Superstore, whatever, right? So those type of stores offer that option. So we do that. But no, like you said, when you drive by, I still see the lineup sometimes. It it depends on the certain day and time, right? Yeah. yeah. And it's just the world we live in. Especially the banks, and I'm like, wow, I know. Man, you know you I, I guess I, I don't, and I don't necessarily consider myself to be like all that tech savvy. Sure. But from the ad, like you know, you can deposit checks from your phone. Yes. And banking and e-transfers. Of course. I'm like, yo, I have not gone into a bank. Uh, yeah, it's got to be over a year at this point, wow. at least. So I see when I drive by and I see lineups at banks, I'm like, wow, there's definitely like, you know, you, you think that you're, you know, not necessarily tech savvy. Well, I mean, I guess I, you know, I guess I, I guess I kind of am to a certain extent. Clearly, well, actually, I should say, clearly I am <laughs> compared to people who have to still line up to go into the bank to do their banking. That's crazy. Some days I wonder if it's just paranoid people pulling out all their cash and storing it under their mattress just in case the real apocalypse happens. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That's 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 true. And, and honestly, <laughs> I'm, not ma- I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that. To be honest with you, if that is what gives you peace of mind, right. so be it. As long as you're as long as you're cool dealing with, you know, everything that that entails. So be it. I, I can't do that. <laughs> I, I can't do that. I hate lines, period. I hate right. lineups at you know, I hate I lineups know. in Canada's Wonderland. Thank you. Much less much less at the bank. <laughs> so I'm, I'm one of those guys that will pay the extra hundred dollars for the for the line bypass at right. Canada's for the speed or whatever it is, the line bypass I can't remember what they call it, but yeah. Oh my god, that's hilarious. So for people who don't know and, and never heard of your show, what is hashtag all about? What do you get into? What type of show are you guys? Hashtag is, you know, I'm a, I'm a big talker. 
I like to have conversations with friends and family and, you know, get into debates, heated discussions about everything, you know, life, sure. love, politics, religion, you know, mental health. I, I, uh, I have learned and grown so much through the mentors and people that I've had in my life who are, you know, are highly intelligent and, you know, are, are insightful, empathetic human beings. And it extends to the work that we do with the FU project, the, the FU Forgiveness Project in, uh, in jails as well. And I wanted to have a platform. You know, I'm a musician, so, you know, people expect you to, you know, just just be a, you know, you're a hip hop artist and they kind of like categorize you as that. But I wanted to have a platform where we can, where I can go on the radio and actually talk about things that I care about, you know, issues that face uh, the community, um, politics, you know, social justice. Mm. So that's what, um, that's what hashtag was. I'm grateful to our program director, Randy, AKA DJ manifest who, um, is uh, the CEO of uh, Vibe 105, and he gave me the opportunity uh, as a hip-hop artist to actually do a talk show. It worked out for him as well because yeah. they have a, a talk show element for their uh, for their broadcast license. Oh, okay. So it worked out for him. He's like, this is great because outside of us, there's no other show or there, actually, I think there might be one or two other shows that that have like a, a interview style format. Mm -hmm. But even those shows, they're kind of like they're interviewing artists or they're interviewing people around the playing of music, typically. Oh, okay. So our two-hour talk show covers a lot of ground for them in terms of fulfilling their requirements. You know, not to get into the technical aspect yeah. of it, but he, you know, he saw he saw the potential. He, you know, I've known him for a number of years and he's known about me as an artist for a number of years. So I was, I'm eternally grateful to him for giving a, a, a rapper producer a shot at doing talk radio. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we, we talk about, you know, we talk about the lockdown. We talk about politics. We talk about American politics. We talk about music obviously is a, right. is a part of it as well, but primarily we wanted it to have a platform where we get to talk about you know, things that are meaningful to us, you know, hip hop artists, typically, like I was saying, they kind of get, you know, put into a box in terms of like, you got, you, oh, you don't know anything about politics, or you don't know anything about, right. you know, sociology or whatever, or what have you. So, you know, and my interests are very broad in that regard. So that's we like anything that is, you know, related to, you know, you know, social issues, culture, music right. you know all those kind of things there's not really too many things that are are off the table so yeah that's that's it's really a, a we we i label it as the greatest conversation on the planet so it's myself dj ready fox and no better nina oh that sounds cool. awesome so do you guys play music between your segments or is it straight talk all the way no, through just straight talk oh wow straight talk it's um we have produced elements so there's like uh there they do put in some like musical elements throughout it right. in terms of like musical beds, but it is sure. a talk show. We have, we, we have a, we have a, a music segment where we talk about music news, but okay. it's music news. So right. we'll talk about like, we talked about the controversy with, with Cardi B and like on right. this week's episode in music news, we, we talk about um, the Brandy versus 
Monica oh, um, right. Instagram Live that they had. And we right. talk about the whole situation with Joe Budden's leaving, uh, moving his Spotify, his uh, podcast from Spotify. Talk about that. So, you know, we do talk, we do definitely talk about music. I mean, we have a DJ, an artist, and a music lover. So, you know, we, we definitely make sure that we cover music in some capacity every show. I know it's going to be hard to answer, but in uh, in the four years you've been doing it, what's been like the segment that stood out the most in your mind or the one that you think it was the best or your favorite or just something that just, like I said, just makes it stand out? Mm. Well, when we started, uh, yeah, it was 2016. So as you can imagine, that was the year of Trump. Oh, so for the, gotcha. for like the first six months, <laughs> we have a, we have a, we have Four main segments. Okay. Have you heard, which is typically a round of the weekly headlines that, you know, the, the big stories that stood out to us this week, right. kind of like the news according to us. And so we touch on a few different, like smaller issues, local issues, maybe some national issues, maybe some international news that are just like, we wanted to say, oh yeah, this crazy shit is happening. And then we have a segment called politics as usual, where we get into an in-depth discussion about a major issue, whether it's racism, um, whether it's, um, you know, Canadian politics, like, you know, um, Justin Trudeau in blackface or whatever the case is. Stuff like that. So during that segment, we dig in and we were forced (laughs) by the, the omnipresent, force that is donald trump to talk about the all the crazy fucked up shit he was doing right (laughs) so that was a moment in time where we were kind of like you know that's pretty much my favorite segment of the show because that's when we really get to unpack issues and get you know and get have an in-depth conversation Mm -hmm. um then uh, you know I also like to talk about the music, the music segment as well because music is you know is obviously one of my main passions. Of course. Um, so yeah, that, those are those are typically my favorite se- uh, segments of the show. Now I'm going to put you on the spot. Speaking of working on tracks and favorites, what's your favorite <laughs> track you've worked on? Oh God damn. Doesn't mean it's your favorite. It just means, you know, it stands out in your mind. Huh. <laughs> I know you got well, a long like, category to go through. Yeah, yeah. Long no, list. I'm, I'm just trying to think, like, because some of the songs, some of my, what I would put in my favorites to work on. Right. Didn't end up getting released. Oh. So it might not necessarily. Wow. So I guess okay. we'd have to kind of put that stipulation in there to say, in terms of released songs that i've worked on i mean i'd be remiss if i didn't say easy to slip but that's too easy uh, <laughs> no pun intended <laughs> no pun intended um but i would say historically bacardi slang just because i remember vividly the studio session and we we always you know all my people all my you know my the fellow artists and brothers in the circle uh we never really worried about external standards of what we thought was dope we just loved okay. what we loved sure so we when we did that song we're like yo this shit's crazy we're playing it in the car and you know what i mean just enjoying 
what we did right. and then it went on to do what it did of course internationally and you know set the stage for in a lot of ways for the card now that we know to this date so i would say that that stands out um to me it's you know it it's the the impact resonates to this day right. clearly um but then there's a lot of other records that uh, that i worked on that were that were great as well in terms of the experience of it. Mm. And, you know, for five years I was traveling back and forth, living in New York, uh, with my, with my, um, with my New York brother, Cypher Sounds. Um, and uh, we were working on Nina Skies, what was to be their sophomore album. Oh, okay. And, um, we, you know, we flew all over the place to work with different artists. And just one of the more memorable experiences was flying down to Miami to work at the legendary Circle House Studios. Mm. They were, they um, had the opportunity to work with Cool and Dre. And, you know, nice. DJ Khaled came through and, and Pitbull came by. Oh, and nice. it was just like, you know, we locked down the whole you know, it's a whole compound of different recording studios and they all surround like this amazing pool. It's, yeah, I mean, it was just yeah. like those memories are, are, you know, are priceless to me. But again, a lot of like, none of that music really ended up coming out. The label ended up scrapping it, and, right. yeah, which is shitty, but that's, you know, that's the music industry, right? Yeah, no kidding. Everyone says the what ifs, if they were to come out, what would it be and how different it would shape what the industry is and all this and that, right? So, you know, you hear it all the time. Yeah. It's true. So yeah. did you think Bacardi was going to grow, like, blow up the way it did? Or did you like, oh, I we're just... I had no idea. I no, had no eh? idea. Again, like, we we just had our own standards of what we... We just wanted to make shit that we liked. Okay. And it just so happened that... You know, there are people, there are musicians that just have the ear that kind of is like a standard setting or they have what, you know, just a certain sense of musical sensibility that translates to the masses. Right. My, the prime example of that for me is somebody like Rick Ross, because mm. Rick Ross, by, by all accounts, Rick Ross should have been crushed under the weight of him being a correctional officer, hiding that fact being called out by 50 Cent, one of the biggest, you know, career crushers in hip hop history, True. you know, putting all his pressure on trying to end Rick Ross's career. And yet he had like a hit record just like last year. Like his career is yep. a testament to his taste in music. He mm. knows he has a great ear for music. And I think that it's evident that our taste in terms of trying to impress ourselves you know shows that we had a sound and we had an ear and a knack for creating music that translated to the main what not my like mainstream or whatever to the masses yeah, yeah so, to say. so we never you know did we think it was you know did we think that people would hear it and be like yo this shit is crazy <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah but did we know that it was going to be like this legendary record, like still being talked about 20 years yeah. later, people still saying, yo, this is the guy that produced Scott Cardi's like, I still meet some of my heroes. <laughs> like, I think I met, um, 
I met Just Blaze. I met I met Busta Rhymes. Right. And you know, obviously touring the world with Cardi, and you know, Cardi would be like, "Yo, this is solitary." He produced Cardi Slay. They're like, "You did that record? <laughs> Yo, that shit is crazy." Oh, I know. I never knew that all this time because you know, you know me to be a pretty. I'm a pretty understated guy. Yeah, of course. Uh, which is um, which honestly has worked to my advantage and to my disadvantage. If there's one thing, you know, you, you hear, there's a saying that goes, you know, the squeaky, the squeaky wheel gets the oil. Right. You know, sometimes it is beneficial. Sometimes a lot of times it is beneficial for artists to be their own biggest cheerleaders. And I've just never really had that in me. Like I'm, I am unrelentingly confident in my ability. Right. But what I'm not, what I'm not really was not inherently who I am is to kind of go out there and be like, yo, I'm better than you. I'm better than all these motherfuckers. <laughs> Nobody could talk to me, check my shit out. And just oh. being relentlessly self-promoting like Diddy. Right. Like I, I, there's def- definitely times when I wish I had that kind of that drive to constantly be in people's faces. But sure. I'm also just very comfortable in who I am. And, you know, I've never really measured my success compared to other people or, based on finances that's not you know there's so many instances that show you like you know rich and successful people you know that aren't happy yeah and it's more important to have peace of mind than it is to be super wealthy not at all to say if i had the opportunity to do what i love and become wealthy would i turn it down fuck no (laughs) of course right no kidding but you, it's more important, and I've learned this more and more as you get older. You know, it's you know, it's it's sad that wisdom typically only comes through experience and age, and you have to kind of go through things to to see a different perspective. They say youth is youth is wasted on the young mm. because you wish you had the perspective of age when yes. you did when you're 25 versus 45. But at the same time, you definitely learn that it is more important for your mental and physical and spiritual well-being to find happiness with who you are, no matter whatever the circumstances you're facing. True. Because if you can't find contentment in the simple things, it doesn't matter how many things you're able to buy with financial means, you're never, you're going to be filling a black hole because you're looking for things to make you happy. Yeah, no and kidding. That never, that just never works. Well, and the other thing too is, if you're not someone who you are, it shows. Like you know what I mean. Like like you right. said, P Diddy. That's like I'm sure he's toned down behind the scenes, but that's his personality amped up. Like because I'm a oh, huge oh, wrestling oh, fan, oh, oh, you know oh. what I mean. Let me so, correct you there. Let me correct you there. Fuck off. That is 100 percent who Diddy is. 100 percent of the time. Okay. No okay. Down. No, okay. No. That is, and that is a prime example to your point. He is who he is. You right? cannot fake that level of energy exactly. so consistently throughout the reign of Bad Boy and, and Diddy and whatever he calls himself now, Brother right, right. Love or whatever. You know what I mean? That is who he is. That is who he is. You know, and oh, you know, shit. love him or hate him. I admire him. Right. He's fucking annoying sometimes, but shit. Right. What can I say to him? You know what I mean? Like, look at what he's accomplished. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, no kidding. Well, the last time I had you on, we, we really didn't touch on this. What you're into, what are your hobbies other than music? Like, are, are you into, like, sports, movies, video games? What's your deal? What's your second love besides music? How about that? Uh, activities. Okay. Biking, working out. Um, since the, the, the murder of Ahmad Arbery, uh, rest in peace and condolences to his family, 
when he was out for a run and he got, you know, murdered by these these racist motherfuckers. And they, a lot of people started to do uh, tribute runs. I think it was like whatever. Oh, I can't remember okay. the exact distance, but I that um, inspired me to start running, which actually was kind of inspired from just the whole lockdown. You know, I'm, I've always always been active like whether mm. i'm playing sports just for just as a hobby like oh you know okay. i never played pro sports but i was always you know doing pickup basketball sure. i played softball for the last two years uh in a league you know what i mean like i being active playing sports i'll i'll go curling if you're like yo i know this place where we can go and do curling i'm there shit. like i'll do that shit okay, okay. i've gone I've gone like paddle boarding, uh, you know, what I mean? nice. skiing, skating. You know what I mean? I love to be active, so I guess that's probably my biggest hobby. Activities, okay. zip lining. You know what I mean? Like right. that kind of stuff. I love to be active, so I'd say that's probably one of my biggest passions. Um, other than that, video games, nah. I'm uh, my hand-eye coordination, <laughs> like playing that shit. Sure. It just. I hate to lose. I'm a very, oh, very competitive okay. person. So going into a competition where I am at a disadvantage, like right. video game, like playing NBA 2K or whatever that right. shit. I, I can't do it. So my attitude on video games is fuck video games <laughs> and fuck everybody who plays video games. Hey, now, come on. Oh, yeah. I know, no, I'm just. Okay. <laughs> I was gonna say we're gonna end on a sour <laughs> note now. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, that's. I mean, if anything, you can you can walk away from this unequivocally <laughs> saying that I'm a hater. Sure. <laughs> And I'll accept that title. No disrespect, obviously. It's there all good fun. It's I, all know, opinion, I, but, of course. Um, um, other than that, what? Music, you know, definitely working, like writing music, working with artists, artist development, something right. I'm passionate about as a hobby. But yeah, really, I, like anything active, like anything that will get you outside or get your heart rate up. I love, I love movies, but honestly, like I have not been like taking in a whole lot of new movies or binge watching any shows. Sure. I'll, like I'll watch the odd show that's recommended to me. Okay. But um, I'm not a voracious, you know, Netflix addict or anything like oh, that. Okay. I'll, I'll take it. But I would say my, my latest um, indulgence is podcasts. Oh, there you go. Beautiful. There you go. Well, there's millions yeah. and trillions of them out there. So millions, <laughs> but I will say that I, I, I I'm not like, I'm not ex- I'm not explorative in terms of like constantly seeking out new podcasts. Right. I get I get referred to episodes and I might take oh. in certain episodes. But I'm right. more I'm more I'm more interested in listening to podcasts that talk about things that I'm interested in. I'm the same way. Mean? Yeah. And it's um so it's not like I'll just I don't just like tune in to like the podcast or right. and just like listen to all the episodes exactly I'm very specific in terms of like oh this topic in this episode is interesting i'll definitely give that a listen and i, I love it i i find myself um listening to podcasts while i'm driving yep. you know i like i love food for thought man it's, I'm the same it's way. so yes. important to, to to get perspectives to different perspectives to your own to you know like it's insight is important 
Well, that's Especially now more than ever. That's sort of my inspiration for why I did this podcast and the way I do it because I get people from the music industry, video game industry, sports world. I like I go all across the board because I know how it is. No one's going to sit there and literally in today's day and age listen to every single episode every week. So I want to yeah. make sure I got almost every basis covered. Obviously, with the knowledge of what I know, I'm not going to like I barely touch on politics and stuff like that because I don't know shit, right? So I'm not going to sit here and blow smoke up people's asses. So I try to yeah. stick with the stuff I know, right? So that's what I try and do because, again, you can't be pigeonholed to one thing anymore nowadays. It's not like back in the 80s or 90s where if you have one skill, you're, you're going to flourish. No, you got to be able to do all kinds of shit now. Yep. yep. Uh, absolutely. I, and I think that, you know, it's, it's – that's the only way you're going to grow. You have to, you have to always find some way of challenging yourself, uh, which is why I love – doing you know being physical because um especially during this lockdown and and what has been a consistent theme for me is whenever i'm feeling low or going through a a rough patch in my life right right the only thing you really have control over is your physicality you know what i mean like if maybe maybe being like working out or jogging like i know people are like yo i fucking i will rather stab myself in the eye then then go for a run <laughs> that's I mean? me like, i i understand that i understand that but what i say to people when they talk because you know i talked about fitness and they hear my passion and they're like you know right. I, I i admire that i'm like you know what you should give it a try you know my a good friend of mine he was like you know because i was saying to him i used to jog when i was younger okay and um but i was at a point and this is when i was younger and you're supposed to be more vigorous i was sure. jogging like on average, I think my longest jog in my early 30s was maybe like five or six kilometers. And I was like, I was feeling pretty good about myself. And But now I've decided to, you know, is like this lockdown happened and, you know, you're, you're, you're kind of losing a little bit. Everybody's lost a little bit of their freedoms right. in terms of what they're accustomed to doing. And, yeah, yeah. Um, so the only so I, re- I resorted back to controlling the shit that I can control. So I was like, I started to push myself in running and I got up to like, I ran a 10 K and then mm. I ran like my 15 K, which was the longest I've ever done. And I, I, and things that I looking back, even in my younger years, when I'm supposed to be younger and more vigorous <laughs> that I didn't think that I would be able to do. Yeah. And what that has done for me is running has taught me. And I use uh, these guided runs. Uh, you know, I'm not one to promote uh, brands on here. So I'm not going to say who the brand was that sure. I use, but I use an app for running and they have guided runs and they have a coach in your ear oh, kind of okay. talking you through. Oh shit. And I, it's been very helpful because okay. it, one of the, the biggest things that it has helped me with is you realize how much, and I, I, I was aware of this before too, but you realize how much uh, running, particularly long distance running, is just as much mental as it is physical. Right. And one of the things that all that really, really resonated with me that was said on, uh, on one of these guided runs is he's like, every step that you take in a run is a choice that you're making to keep going forward. Uh-huh. And he's like, that's, um, he's like, that is, uh, he said, I'm talking about running, but I'm not just talking about running. Right. right. And it's in other words, it's a metaphor for life and running these distances and pushing myself has definitely enhanced my ability to focus 
my ability to clear my mind when I'm on my run. Because when you're one thing I love about working out or playing sports mm. is when you're in that moment, you cannot be thinking about anything else. You have exactly. to like, otherwise you're playing baseball and you're like, <laughs> fuck, you know, life is so fucked up. Yeah. And then a softball comes your way and smashes your teeth out. Yeah. You're you fucked. Know, it's kind of fucked up. So you have to be in the moment. Yeah. And that is so important in every aspect of your life. If you cannot True. find a way to lock into whatever it is that you have to do, you'll never be able to, to get anything done because the, the hardest thing to do is to start. It's, that's the hardest thing to do. Right. We will always talk our, our, ourselves out of doing shit. And it's easy for us to do it too. Cause your mind's like, ah, you can't do that. Fuck that. Have, have, you know, go smoke, a, go smoke a split. Get something <laughs> to eat. Take it easy. You're not, you, you think you're going to run 50, 15 kilometers. Sounds like me. Really? You're going to do that. Nah. You know what I mean? So you, it's all, it's so easy to talk yourself out of shit. Oh my God. But when you're, when you're doing it and you realize that the only thing you could do, you can't fast oh. forward time. You can't fast forward to the end. You of can course. only go through it. You know, and you run, you, my philosophy is I don't go, I don't run in circles. Oh. You can run on a track, but if you run on a track, you can, after 400 meters, you can just stop. It's like, ah, I just run right around. I'm tired. But if you run straight right. for like 30 minutes, and then run back, even if you yeah. stop, you still got to go back. So if you walk, if you ran straight for seven kilometers, no matter what, by the time you get back home, you're running, you will have, will have traveled 14 kilometers. You know what I mean? So right. it's like taking the first step is always the hardest, is always the hardest in any journey. So like, I know it's a long winded answer, but that's, no, that's that, I'm awesome. really passionate about that. It's definitely helped me a lot. How about, okay. Since we are in Canada, what do you enjoy more winter or summer activities? Hey man, I'm, I'm, I'm a Scorpio. I was born in November. I, uh, uh. I don't necessarily like what I, if, if I had the choice to live in a moderate climate right. all year round, yeah. I would choose the moderate climate, but would I say, let's go to, a, let's go on a trip to go skiing in the Rocky mountains. Oh, hell yeah. Okay. Would I go play hockey? Hell yeah. I'm not afraid of the cold. Cause once you get okay. out there and you're active standing in the cold, waiting for the bus. Yeah. Oh, hell, fuck no. I don't want to <laughs> do that. Going out to play hockey, shinny hockey, going out to go skiing. Hell yeah, I would definitely do that. I'm not afraid of the cold. Um, I don't, I'm not, um, but again, let's be clear. I would definitely, if I could pick being warm over being cold, I would definitely pick being warm, living in a warm, in a warm climate. Yeah, I'm pretty much the same way because I I enjoyed the one activity I do love doing in the winter is tubing. Like you go up, like especially if you go up a bit up north, you grab those the inflatable tubes and you go down those hills. Oh my god, what oh, a tubing. rush! Oh yeah, 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 that's fun. Yeah, yeah that is. That's one of my favorite activities because I can't ski for shit. I'm scared I'm gonna break my leg and then never be able to walk. So I try to avoid like the high impact sports and activities nowadays. Uh, I hear you. I hear you. I love skiing, man. Ski. You know what? It's I, I, I'm mad at snowboarding. Oh, okay. Because typically. typically <laughs> I'm, I could like most sports I've picked up, I'm a visual learner. So I could right. look at it and tell you, yeah, I could do that. Sure. I looked at, remember when they first had those, like those hoverboard, not the hoverboard, but those like those, uh, yeah, I guess you call them hoverboard on wheels where you have to stand on it and, and move around. Oh like, yes. The, the handless ones, right? Yeah. 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 I, and you see videos of people online say, oh, falling on Taking their face. Taking flips, like, yeah. I looked at it the first time, and I'm like, yeah, I could do that. I looked <laughs> at skiing. 
I looked at the first time I went skiing. Right. I was like, okay, it, it was it was nerve wracking because you go fast and you're on skis. It definitely looks intimidating. Yeah, yeah. But I went on the bunny hill for the first time. Like they advise you sure. to go on the bunny hill. Of course. And I went on. I went down once, twice, and I'm like, yeah, I got this. Oh, wow. So I know what I can, what I'm capable of. But but snowboarding, because I th- I think a friend of mine who's a snowboarder is like, oh, you like skiing? Yo, you're gonna love snowboarding. It's oh. so much easier than skiing. <laughs> okay. And it's not. It is not. Really? Okay. No, it is not. Not to me, anyway. Right. Maybe that guy. He must have been a skateboarder or something. Oh, because maybe. Skiing. You are. It's basically like an extension of walking. You know what oh, I mean? You have true. independent control over your feet, so you can lift right. up. You can. You know what I mean? You can balance on it. when you're on a snowboard. Right. You're locked in, so you have to like. There's a lot more coordination throughout your whole body that you have to. Your balance and a lot more comes into play. Right. So I have never been able to leave the bunny hill. Okay. Going snowboarding. So fuck snowboarding. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. I, I like, I do enjoy it, but I, I haven't been able to. That's one of the things. That's one of the few things that I, I oh. wasn't able to master in, in a, the the time that I'm normally accustomed to doing. Oh my god! So you've offended video game players and snowboarders <laughs> all in one episode. Ah, I love you. I love all you guys. I love all you guys, man. Video game. You know what's interesting about video games? Like, I didn't realize how like these guys are getting paid like fucking like yes. like athletes now. It's crazy. Oh, the- I admire it though. I'm I'm here for that. I'm I my 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 hate on for for video games is not personal. Yeah. I have nothing against gamers. I'm just jealous because I fucking suck at video games. I've always sucked at video games. And I blame my parents for that because <laughs> they never wanted to get me uh, uh the Nintendo because they always used to say, Oh, it's gonna ruin the team. Like you have to develop from, from, from young. You know what I mean? That hand-eye coordination and knowing the, that's true. The, all the moves and stuff like that. So I suck at video games. That's why I hate on it. But uh, it's nothing personal. Don't, don't, don't come after me. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I guess you redeemed yourself there. Last time we touched on it a little bit, but I, I want to see what you've read up on or seen since. Are you still into that, this AI technology that's going down? Are you still all up to date with everything, or or have you let go of it now? I won't say I'm, I won't say I'm up to date, but I'm still 100% fascinated by it. I will like anything that comes my way. I don't actively seek it out. I'm not. I'm not. Um. I'm not that proactive about following the world of AI. Right. But I am completely. I am completely in um, in awe of it. I believe, perhaps, very controversially, that I think that is an ex- it will eventually we will look back on it in a thousand years from now or whatever five hundred years or however long you know we're here on this earth. You know, if we don't fuck it up in the next ten years, no kidding. Um, that we will come to realize that it is part of human evolution. Um, I think that. You know, eventually, and I, I can't. I, I want to say it was Elon Musk who made that observation. That I that the the first time I heard that observation mm-hmm. is he's like, "Yo, we are. You understand that we already are cyborgs. We yeah. are cyborgs already. Extension. You know what phones. I mean? Like yeah. anybody who says anything different, if you have a cell phone, you are a cyborg. Yeah. <laughs> you want to find true. anything out? Like, ask me a question. I will find the answer for you. I will find maybe not the right answer, <laughs> but I will find an answer. Sure. <laughs> Maybe it won't be the right answer, oh. 
but I can, you know what I mean? I, 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 I can find out pretty much about anything I need to know. I could walk out confidently and say, where are you right now? Just give me an address. And I know I will be able to find you yep, without, I don't need to get too. a Curly's map. I don't need to stop at the Seven Eleven to find a paper map and <laughs> right. trace it out. To get, you know what I mean? I, I don't need to navigate. I am confident that I can find my way around anywhere Almost, almost in the world. It's true. With just my phone, so I yes, I am, I am, I am a, I don't want to say a fan, but I am <laughs> definitely uh, um, pay attention to artificial intelligence. So, is there anything? I'm, like, I'm nervous. I'm nervous about it for sure. Like anything else, that's that that's unknown. But I don't think that it's going to like. I think. I think it's like I think it's a tool like anything else. A hammer. I can I can kill you with this fucking coffee mug. Right. Of I course. can kill somebody with this coffee mug. Just yeah. smash him in the face. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Or I could just sip my coffee. I think artificial intelligence. Same thing. Yeah. Whether it helps or or ends civilization depends on who it ends up falling into the hands of. Just like any other tool. Is there some, like you were mentioning, you're a bit fearful of what's going to happen. So is there any way, is there anything that is taking it too far? Or as long as it's, humans are involved in one way or another, anything goes? Um, I, again, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not afraid of it. I know people fear it and they think it's the devil and they think it's going to be the end of humanity and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, I think you can't live in fear of the unknown. What, there's an acronym that some people fear. What do they say? Fear is not real. Fear is um. Oh shit! I should look it up. But they basically it was like fear is an acronym for essentially saying that you can't fear something that you don't that you that you that you don't know what is going to happen. You that have to be sense. cautious. Right. You have to be balanced. You can't. You have to be prepared. But it's nothing to. I don't think it's to be afraid. It's. I think it's a, to be. Um to completely do your best to get as much information as possible. Right. And I don't think that, um, uh, yeah, I, I think that it really depends on, you know, if, if we get, uh, if we get news that Vladimir Putin has completely cornered the market on artificial intelligence, fuck yeah, I'm right. scared. Donald Trump? Yes, yes. Oh my God. Oh my God. I'm going to get out of this North America. I'm going to find a small island and lip off coconuts and seawater. That would make me afraid. So it's more a matter of who is developing this technology and who will harness it. That's what makes me afraid. I'm more afraid of humans than I am of artificial intelligence. Because artificial intelligence, for the most part, um, it's not... And from what I from what I've heard about like futurists and people who are who are in the you know who are involved in the development of artificial intelligences, there is a fear of it. But among the the, the scientific the science community, the science and computer technology community, they're like the advancements of AI in terms of like you know algorithms online and finding out like what people's habits are, what they like to buy and that kind of stuff. And, you know, listening in on your phones and all kind of stuff. That's, that's happening. And it's happening, been happening for a while, but 
the independent consciousness of machines to say I am a sentient being and I have feelings and emotions and my own thoughts. Mm-hmm. They're like, that is, that is nowhere in the near future by any stretch of the I imagination. So a lot of the fears about what is possible with artificial intelligence from the, from a layman's perspective is pretty much unfounded. It's more so like robots and that are going to, help humans exactly and all, and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff like I, I i like i watch what is it boston dynamics okay where the, they Never have the robotics where they create like dogs and and uh and robots that can jump and do flips oh I mean, yes i've seen that yeah 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 That's I, right. I think it's boston i'm pretty sure it's boston dynamics i want to say that and i would show that video to my friends and they're yeah. like oh my god i did yo this shit is fucked up <laughs> why are you afraid are you like? Are you running some underground like criminal empire where you think that they're going to send like robot dogs after you? To, to you know what I mean? Like, That's I'm fascinated by that. That, that yeah, kind of me technology, too. I'm fascinated by. It. Me too. Oh, I'm the exact same. Okay, how about this perspective then? Playing God, like what about like stem cell cloning? I know it's not sort of AI related, but it's still sort of us manipulating our sort of like DNA and genes. Are you on board with this type of technology? Now that's uh. That's more controversial for me. Okay. I don't. I don't know enough about it. Um, I know that a lot of a lot of uh, the reasons why we are able to live longer and healthier lives and 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 live productive, active lives longer than we ever have been in history are due to advancements that have been done by probably some pretty heinous things in terms of like what they used to do, uh, you know, examining the human body and the genome and Mm -hmm. stem cell and all that kind of crazy shit. Like really and truly, we don't know what kind of research has been done using humans and what they're doing now. And, you know, it's controversial. I don't want to say, talk about the morality of it or, you know, like get into that because I'm, I'm not, I am not, I don't have the capacity. I don't have the knowledge to really speak in any, with any degree of like intelligence about it. Right. So that kind of stuff, not that I'm afraid of it per se, but I'm torn in the sense of like, if they have to do this kind of research on humans and from it comes a cure for cancer or a cure like go. they can they're able to 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 make somebody who was paralyzed and thought they would never be able to walk again through this kind of invasive human studies of like the biology of the humans and like right. human like this idea of I mean when you're talking about human sacrifice I think if there is somebody who is has uh, who is of a clear like sentient being and they they are of their own faculties and they are willing to donate their body to scientific research. Right. Um, I, I, off the top of my head, you know, just, just thinking about it off the cuff. I don't think that there is inherently anything wrong with that as long as everybody is consenting to it. But like, experimenting on humans without their knowledge or like, you know, even if, even like 
you know, not to get morbid or anything, but like aborted fetuses and like no. harvesting aborted fetuses right. and then secretly doing studies about that. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a moral issue because, you know, it is a being at the end of the day. Say what you want about abortion and, and pro-life, pro-choice. I am definitely pro-choice. I believe that is yeah. a woman's right to choose. I am 100% yeah, in support of that. Yeah. I think if you're a man and a woman and you have a baby to you are you know you find out that the woman is pregnant and you have a relationship it is a decision that you both make but yep. if it's a woman and she gets pregnant by accident and you're not in a relationship and she decides to have an abortion i am 100 percent in support of abortion mm-hmm. but be that as it may if some scientist is going dumpster diving for aborted <laughs> fetuses to yeah, do scientific right. research that shit is pretty fucked up right you know what i mean and uh i don't want to like I don't want to even dig any deeper into that, but yeah. I think that ultimately if we're talking about doing research on human beings to benefit mankind as a whole, you know, I think that I, I'm open to hearing the, the, the whole body of knowledge and discussions about what that would entail. And as long as, again, as long as the people that are being are the subjects of this experiment are, yeah. they're cognizant, they yeah. are, deciding to do this on their own free will they're not being unduly influenced or forced into it you know that kind of stuff well not to go down another rabbit hole but i'll leave you with this thought and you could google it on your spare time google crispr but without an e so c-r-i-s-p-r this is literally a, a genome that you could edit yourself at home by ordering a kit online and you can decide the, like the eye color of your baby and stuff like that. And like apparently you, you, could, you could cure certain diseases like AIDS has been cured apparently with this if you do it the correct way. But if you do it the wrong way, you could seriously fuck yourself up because you could change something in your DNA. The next thing you know, maybe you get uh, viruses more easily or you grow like a third arm or something. Like who knows what the so fuck wait, it this is. This is a self-directed thing? Yes, you could order it online. Go, Like I said, on your free time when you're bored one day, Google it and you'll see you could order oh. packages online. I, I mean, I, I've, I've definitely heard of CRISPR in terms of you can like you can speci- you can specifically choose features of like if you're having a child, you can say, yes. I want my child to have blue eyes and blonde hair. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Or darker, lighter skin. I knew I, I've heard about that, but I didn't know you can actually do th- things to alter your own self like as a be like right now, the way that I am, I can order something and change my DNA. Pretty much. Yeah, I think you could even go as far as instead of taking steroids, you do something in your DNA where you produce more testosterone or you grow muscle quicker and you could do crazy shit like that. <laughs> I know, this is on a yeah, whole different I, I, level. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that's like a whole other episode. I, I, I did not know about that. I, I, I don't even know if I'm ready to go down that rabbit hole. I'll have to like... Yeah, I'll have to take. I'll have to digest that. That's crazy. That's what I'm saying. Well, I, I usually. Know, I don't know. That's, that's beyond me, man. I don't. I, I. don't have any thoughts on that yet. Well, I usually end the show with the dumbass of the week, but since we're low on time now, I'm just gonna to tie this all together. No, let's do. Let's do I, got, I mean, unless you have a. Lot, oh no. Okay. Really perfect. Fun. Well, it's not really a dumbass. He started off as a dumbass, but this is where this whole genome and stem cell and cloning comes into effect, where it's a positive. So. Being a male, everyone knows, you know, if you get kicked in the balls or if you have a problem down there, it hurts as fuck, right? Obviously, we all know yeah. that. Yeah. But have you ever had a severe injury so bad, maybe not in your case, but <laughs> that's made your penis turn completely black? <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. 
<laughs> okay, this story came out a few months ago and it just popped into my head because we were just talking about this. So to me, this is a positive. So there's a gentleman, apparently there's something really wrong with his dick. Like he went to the doctor, it was all black and everything. And this guy is oh, like wh- whiter than I am, like pure, like pale white. But yet his penis uh, was black as night, right? So apparently he contracted some sort of disease that you could actually get in your penis where something happens to the blood cells and everything just dies and your penis literally falls off. This is a real oh, thing. Oh my God. It's it's like, I guess, sort of back in the day when we, I guess, evolved from the apes where our tails fell off, right? This is a thing that happens to the penis and it's like less than 1% of male population it happens to. So that's probably why I don't hear about it. But he literally got this disease and one day his penis was due to fall off. Doctor warned him. They said, there's nothing we could do. This was like maybe five years ago. So this poor guy, his penis fell off. So afterwards, they were discussing options. They're like, well, we could either just sew up the flap and then you literally have a nub and just balls. Or we could try something new at the time where we could grow a penis on your arm and then transplant it and put it down there. You didn't hear about this? Is this related to CRISPR in any way? I don't know if it is because I I don't remember. Like I said, I heard the story maybe back in June. This was all over the internet where this guy was walking around with a fucking dick on his arm. A real looking dick just popping out of his forearm like nothing. And he said at first, okay, so this is what happened. They had to let it grow there at first. And just in case something went wrong, at least they could just chop it off and no more other problems. You know what I mean? So it actually grew and it grew normally. The one thing they needed to do, like they had an urethra so he could still pee through it. They're going to tie everything together. The only thing it couldn't do was get erect because like, like I said, all the blood cells are dead. So I guess they don't have the technology for that yet. But he has a pump. So if he needs to have sex, he just pumps it up and he's good to go. Better than Viagra, I guess. But so, I mean, you're not feeling it. You're not feeling anything. And that's what I was just going to say. What's the point? I guess more. it's more towards his ego and then maybe he could pick whatever size he wants. What if he had a small dick before and I could have a huge one? Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> But I mean, what, what big, what, what is, what, what's the point of having a huge dick if you can't feel anything? Like, is it just for like your own personal ego? I think so. I, 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 uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe I, maybe I, 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 spo- I misspoke. I, I think I should. We should have ended this. Early. <laughs> we should have ended this earlier. <laughs> so to wrap That's up the story, he was supposed to go for surgery and put it where it's supposed to belong but because of covid now it's got pushed back and then he got sick and then something else happened so the poor guy still has a dick on his arm for like three years waiting to get it transplanted to put it down there (laughs) he says at first it was okay because he knew he was going to get a dick but now it's like i can't even wear short sleeve shirts i have to cover it up all the time he's like it bulges it looks awkward i can't go in for a handshake i'm like oh my god so did he so did he opt for like the big giant dick like does he got like a like a 12 inch dong like swinging from his arm like well i'll tell you this much by the pixelated picture it showed online that i could remember it was like almost the size of his forearm so it's not that small (laughs) so he i I mean listen any man who is getting a growing a replacement cock if you're if you're gonna just say well you know what just give it the average so I'm assuming he's like, oh, I can get like the schlong. I'm right. gonna get the schlong, and now he's got a schlong on his <laughs> forearm for for oh. it, like indefinitely. Right. I, yeah, that's uh, what is that dumbass of the week? Yeah. I think so that's, uh, he is a dumbass. 
Yeah, but okay, what would you do in that situation if so, knock on wood, hopefully never happens to any of us, but if that happened to you, would you opt for this type of surgery or would you just leave it as a stump? Right? It's hard. Okay, so so can he use it as a... you know, as the organ that it's also used for to excrete urine, like, is it still functional in terms of performing its, the bodily functions? Yes. So they, they, they a piss? Yeah, they said they, they made an urethra, a replica urethra that they could tie to the actual urethra inside, I guess, wherever the urethra comes out of, the, I guess, uh, the bladder, right? So they could tie it all up right. that way and make him urinate. But he can't come. He can't get erect. And obviously, he doesn't really feel anything unless maybe they tickle his balls or go a little bit higher <laughs> i don't know right but hey i think i would still i would still get it because that's just um you know as a cis uh heteros hetero cis male identifying person right that's who you know it is i you know it is part of my identity um so i would probably just get it because that's just psychologically it's what would make me feel normal again right um <clears throat> true but why like could he could they grow it on like his on his on his thigh or something like or, or on his back or somewhere where <laughs> the growth would be easy to, i mean his back like his lower back like you know you have an arch on the lower back so it's like oh. at least when you're lying down it's like there's a little gap you know what i, I mean? see what you you're can cover it up with a jacket you can still wear short sleeves ah, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's a good point why did it have to be the arm that's what i don't understand that's it's crazy. true or even like on the side of the rib cage then you can like tie it down so because it's not going to get erect something. right so you know what i mean yeah, yeah that's something, true something hey man I don't but know. yeah, I, I, I would probably do it. I would probably still do that just because it is a part of who I am. It is part right. of how I identify as a person. So I'm not, I, I, you know, I don't, I don't have take any issue with that. <laughs> yeah, I think I would do the same as well. It's just again, and again, well, maybe not because I, I would assume that a woman would notice if it's looking like a regular cock or not, but just sort of avoid that conversation be like oh by the way before i take off my pants i have no dick like you know what i mean <laughs> that's just not a conversation i i, I would I, I don't think i could ever have like i think that <laughs> at that point i'm just not going to be talking to women i'll probably just be like <laughs> i think i would true. just really kind of i'd be, become a priest or something or you know somewhere something where i'm like you know what i'm just or like a buddhist monk or something you know there what i mean where it's it will never be questioned why That's I'm not true. talking. You know, the the playboy, the big playboy that I am, the, the, the gallist, as they say. You know what I mean? Like, I have to live up to my reputation. If I can't live up to my reputation of being a, a woman charmer, then, you know, I have to find some other way to identify. So that, um, yeah. That's a that's a that's a tough. One. I wouldn't I wouldn't go as far as to say he's a dumbass. I wouldn't I wouldn't put him in dumbass category, but right. I see why it started off in that in that in that direction. But I mean, I feel for him, man. Fuck, man. I don't. I would not wish that even on my worst enemy. And I'm a pretty revenge. I'm a pretty vindictive, vengeful person, and I don't think I would wish that on anybody. Oh my that's god. Bad. That's horrible. All right. Well, before you plug your shit, where what's your favorite venue you've ever performed at? How about that? Favorite venue? Another loaded question. Anywhere in the world. Anywhere. Doesn't matter. I don't care. I'm not picky. Oh, you know what? We did a crazy show in Vancouver. Okay. 
It was on the... Okay, no, there was, so there's two. One was in Spain, Mal, 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 Malaga, Mal, Malaga, Spain, yeah. Malaga, Spain. Malaga, yeah. We performed, we performed on a beach. Oh, nice. For like 100,000 people. Shit. It was a music festival out there. And uh, I mean... If you can, it was literally on the beach. Like there was a hundred thousand people on the beach, That's sand, hundred thousand people, ocean. Wow, unbeatable. And similar to that, we performed. I want. It must have been like maybe Victoria Day weekend or something. It was. There were. It was a fireworks display. Maybe it was Canada Day last year. Okay. Um, but it was in Vancouver, and it was again. It was on the waterfront, mm-hmm. and. It was on. It was, the stage was built on t- on this like rooftop patio. I mean, it's a rooftop. It was like maybe like two stories, so it wasn't like you know a big building. But okay, it okay. was definitely like you couldn't just jump off and buy, and crowd surf. But sure. people were all on the beach again, and, and uh, we performed. This time we were actually facing the ocean, and the crowd was on the water because mm. afterwards there was fireworks. Oh, okay. And, I can't remember the name of the venue, but those two definitely stand out in terms of like my favorite wow. performance venues. But there's there's the whole lot. There's a whole lot of like you know festivals are always amazing, right? Um, but it's more so like it really is more about the crowd than it is the venue. Because sometimes we we've done shows where the system may not have been the best and the venue was shitty, but the crowd was absolutely insane and really. That's what is important. Of course. You know, because they don't, the, the crowd doesn't remember the venue. And if the crowd has the energy that that energizes the performer, mm-hmm. chances are the performer isn't really going to remember much about the venue either. That's true. Yeah, it goes both ways, right? Yeah. Well, you could plug your shit where people could find you. Obviously, your radio show that we talked about. All yeah, the floor man, is yours. Uh, I, um, at Solitaire Music, S-O-L-I-T-A-I-R, there is no E on the artist's name. That's me, Solitaire Music. Uh, you can find me, obviously, on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, if you're looking for an elite studio with, uh, with studio engineers with uh, over 30 years combined experience, and you're looking for artist-driven engineers who understand uh, what it is to be an artist, um, and and helping you with your throughout the recording process, you can check out my studio at Four Sound Music. Uh, four Sound Music is a music school at Four Sound Media, and it's the number four Sound Media. Um, obviously, check out our radio show. Follow us on our socials at hashtag Vibe One Hundred Five. And as well, I would encourage people to check out uh, some of this, the community and social justice work with, uh, that I do with an organization called the FU Forgiveness Project on Twitter. The um, on Twitter and Instagram, the tag is at Project F Word. And uh, you know, there's, uh, there's music coming down the pipeline, stuff that I've produced for other artists, uh, and quite possibly some of my own music but uh, you know I'm always hesitant to plug it because I don't I don't necessarily have a, a timeline for it it's more of a labor of love for me but there's a lot of projects that I've either mixed on 
or produced for other artists that are coming down the pipeline, but it will all be, you know, I'll announce all of that on my socials. Shouts out to Drew James. You can check out Drew James. He's one of the artists that he's one uh, artist that I work very closely with and, and kind of, I co-manage him along with him and his, uh, he's also got a team around him as well. He's got some phenomenal music. That's pretty much it. Anything else, you could just follow me and you know, ask me some questions. Nice. And for myself, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter under Finger Styles. You can follow the podcast on Twitter, the podcast app. Email us your thoughts, suggestions, comments, anything you want to get off your chest at the podcast app at gmail.com. Rewind to the top of the show. Support those fine sponsors because if it helps them out, it helps me out. Visit my Public store at tpublic.com or scroll down on your device. Click it. It's right there in bit it in today's description and lastly and most importantly please rate subscribe review on all major platforms last parting words my friend anything you got to say out there oh man listen man be kind be kind be empathetic um i'll just leave this you know i've had without making it too long this all this debates and this all this divisiveness over you know masks wearing masks and, and all this kind of stuff listen man for me, once I found out that wearing masks is not about protecting yourself, but it's about protecting others. Yes. It's about being, you know, existing in a community where we all make sacrifices to protect each other. You know, be kind to your neighbors, man. Realize that this is we, we all have to live in this city together and either True. we all battle this with a united front, or you could say you idiots wearing masks. You're all sheep. Oh, you guys are so stupid. It's like, hey, man, just throw in a mask, bro. It's Nobody's trying to take away your freedoms. Nobody's trying to, uh, you yes. know, it's, it's really about trying to battle this, you know, as a community. And it's bigger than just you. So I would just say be kind and, yeah. you know, be safe and uh, try to do what's, do what's best for all of us. I totally agree. And on that note, he's solitaire. I'm Steve. This is the podcast. Peace. Peace.